Hi, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And we're here to keep it real, raw, and what it means to be the confident woman. All right, ladies, we have a very special guest with us today. We are chatting with Michelle from Ask Us Beauty Magazine. She is the editor-in-chief. She spent 20 years working in the field of aesthetics, is an author of a best-selling book, Blue Collar Beauty. And so we have just a heads up, guys. I mean, you're going to really enjoy this episode because I feel like we've already been chatting and I'm already like excited. So thanks so much, Michelle, for being with us. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be on. We're pumped. So let's start off with first your magazine. Obviously, we want to talk about your magazine. It's brand new. You've had one issue out so far, right? Brand new. Yes, brand brand new. new. I mean, Um, but here's the thing. It's brand new, but there's a picture of it at like Times Square on the big TV. So that's pretty damn cool. Uh, We thought so. (laughs) We're super excited. And our um, our holiday issue comes out on Monday, the 20, I believe that's the 25th. So this month, and we're super excited about that. So two two issues, but yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. So what started, right? Because you 20 years aesthetics, right? That's your field. That's your expertise. You've written a book about, we'll talk about your book too, but what was the catalyst to be like, you know what? Like, let's start a magazine. Why yeah. not? Yes, absolutely. So really, I say, I tell everybody that Ask Us Beauty is an extension of Blue Collar Beauty, which is the okay. book I wrote. And the book was sharing my 20 years. And, and I always got to tell this story. So if you've heard me before, you've heard it, but it, there's, this is the baseline of it is that I've coached and, you know, consulted with thousands of women. So from the time I was in my early 20s and I'm almost 50 now, and I just was always confused as why no one looked, the women I was meeting with, nobody looked like the image, the plastic surgery image that was put out there. Like, I was like, where are these women? Like, they, every every website was like the six pack abs and the no cellulite. And I was like, these are not the women I'm consulting with. Like everybody looks like me. Like we look normal and they have a story. They have a story. Maybe it's they breastfed their children or maybe they lost 75 pounds or, you know, whatever the, that story was to get them to the point of wanting to cosmetic surgical procedure. Um, and so I wanted to shine a different light on plastic surgery and share my experience and I tell stories of the doctors. I tell stories to patients, my experience of of kind of coming up in my early twenties and moving up the corporate ladder and what that experience was. But the piece that really resonated with me was when I went to launch the book, I had um, 200 women that were from all different, you know, friends or colleagues or people that I knew that came together to help me launch the book. And I looked around and I just thought, one, look at, look at this, look at this power of women all coming together. They pushed the book to number one that day. It was super cool. We're all excited. And everybody was coming to me with feedback, like, wow, I, one, I have a whole new view on plastic surgery, which I was like, great, that's, that's what I wanted. Two, they had questions. You know, everybody's always has questions. And so in my mind, I kind of thought my coaching, which is our corporate company, is about educating the patient prior to going in for a cosmetic procedure. So we know they have questions on that. We have questions on everything from the, I mean, you could walk into Sephora right now and you're overwhelmed, right? So there's so many choices and options out there. Why not create a platform where you can ask us, ask the experts, and we'll get you in front of those experts. So whether it's wellness, beauty, you know, it could be makeup, it could be hair, it could be plastic surgery, it could be, you know, non-surgical services, all of that. Create one platform where people can get real information from the authorities inside the industry. And then 
also share those stories because yeah. it is about, we're all connected in some ways. We all have things about ourselves that we, and I want to learn from others. I'm constantly learning. Everybody I talk right. to, I'm learning. So why not create that, create a platform? So just, it was like, how can we reach it on a bigger level? I did the book and my, one of my business partners said, what about a magazine? And it was like my Oprah aha. And I was like, oh no. And they knew, they knew they're like, here she goes, like a racehorse <laughs> out the gate. And I was like, yep, that's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to create a magazine and we're going to bring women together and we're going to connect and we're going to share and we're going to educate and we're going to empower. And that's, that's what the magazine does. Ooh, so, so good. And, and obviously this is why we have you on as our guest, because this is totally in alignment with everything the confident woman, the brand itself stands for. And that really is, you know, coming together, we have a place, a platform here that allows women to just, you know, learn to grow, to connect, to collab, to build that community and knowing that no matter where you are on your journey, you're not alone. And so I love that you shared your experience and seeing that there was a need for you know, everything that you're talking about here in the industry, because it's like, you know, if we're looking from the inside out, right? So we're looking at what is, you know, beautiful, worthy, accepted, we're, you know, we're falling into this comparison gap and you nipped it where it's like, wait a minute, but there's nobody that looks like me. How can I create something like this? And that is so needed. Like when you find that, that gap of something that you're struggling with, that becomes like your mission, right? And I love what you're doing, bringing these women into- to It is. Bring it and, forth. I'm, and I'm so glad you said that. And I, it's, you know, I worked for, so I worked years for um, plastic surgery chains. So that's kind of started. I was in my twenties. I worked for a company called Lifestyle Lift, which I talk a lot about in, in the book. Um, it was a great foundation, early twenties. Here I was meeting with women 50 plus that were, would, and I heard the same thing every day. You know, I look in the mirror and I don't recognize what I see. I don't want to look different. I want to look better. Mm. And I love that. And I was like, and so, you know, it's, it's, you hear the stories every day. You're, I'm taking this piece in. And then I worked for those chains and I also work with private practice, but I just, I just couldn't get past the fact that what is this messaging that we're sending in the world of plastic surgery? Like now wonder people were turned off. And when you looked at from a business standpoint, I would look at the analytics and we would have typically around a 30 to 35% show rate. So I'm like, where are the 70% of the people that are booking appointments that never show up? And I would tell you, when I get into the consultation room, I would say, I could see on their the reports, like how many times they might've booked three or four times. And I would say, you know, what made you finally decide to come in? There's such a, there was such a fear factor there that I thought, why not be able to educate people up front, get their questions answered? Let's take the fear out, which is where my coach MD started because I said, let's capture that 70%. And you know, no pressure. We just want to answer questions and, and then ultimately put them in front of a great doctor. We'll do a lot of the sourcing and the research for them to make sure they, they get in front of you know a good doctor. Then they choose for themselves where they want to go. But yeah, the, just the disconnect was just blew me away. I'm like every single way. Now it's gotten a little better, but I would say very little, slight. I mean, everything you see on social media now is big boobs, big butts, tiny waves. Like I was like, again, I don't, you know, I'm not saying they don't, that doesn't, that's not what you see sometimes coming in, but that's not the majority of aesthetic patients that are coming in at all. (laughs) So I'm like, let's get the people, let's not intimidate people of, you know, let's educate them in a, in a way that they can make that decision for themselves. But let's take the fear factor out of plastic surgery. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that fear because it's like, 
you know, growing up, it's for me, I, I always saw like these images that we would see in beauty magazines, commercials, advertisements, you know, celebrities at the time. And it's like, but I aspired to look like those because I thought that was what beauty was. And I, you know, there's this big disconnect looking at my self-reflection and I'm like in the mirror, I'm like, that isn't me. So how can I look like that? And that actually exacerbated my own, my own journey, which I talk about in my book, Chasing Perfection. So I think that title kind of really is relevant here in this conversation because when we, you know, especially in the beauty industry, we have this perfectly flawed curated, you know, look that is presented, especially in social media. And that's where there's these women like, okay, how do I get that? And so it's almost like, do you get people coming out with pictures and saying, make me look like this woman? <laughs> like here's Heidi yes. Bloom. Can you do this? Yes, they me? do. And those people are usually the ones that we tell right over, like, go ahead and put the picture back in your purse. Okay. <laughs> um, and, and that's, again, that I just, I always wanted to, I spent so many years doing it as I was like, I want to just help people up front because tell them right off the bat, I'm very real and raw. I'll just be like, and I talk about it in my book, like people come in and be like, I want to look like Beyonce. I'm like, honey, you know, so do we, we I do too. Okay. But it ain't going to happen. <laughs> that's not my shape. You know, you can't spend $8,000 to get liposuction. and think that's what you're going to walk out looking like. It doesn't work that way, but that's what the image is. I'm so over, I understand marketing technique and I, I try to be very conscious of, I was saying this earlier before we started, like, I don't hate the hustle and I, I totally get like people are doing but before and after photos are there are what they are the driver of marketing in this industry. But I can tell you right now, you ain't going to look like that nine times yeah. out of 10. And so that's the part that bothers me. It's like this image, like, look what you can look. So people see it and like, oh, I want to look like that. But that's not you. You know, your, your body's different or your face is different or whatever. And so we're, again, it's this false marketing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm over it. And I, I was over it. And I, I wanted to kind of just put it all out there. And so that's what I did in the book. And now we're doing it with a magazine. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. Hey, we all like a little filter lighting or this or that. I mean, here and there. But when does it go from like normal to so overly extreme that we can't even, people don't even, they're not even recognizable anymore. I mean, that's right. what it's come down to. We live in, I talk about it in the book. It's like, we live in a land of dolls. Like everybody's trying to have the same you know, the contour and the this, the <laughs> Wait contouring. A minute, you know? What? Yes, I tried to contour only... once and it was digging. Oh my God, well. please. And my I husband think asked me if I was going to war, like I was putting war paint on. How to? I laugh because we have. Um, we so have I'm going to a... ask us, Beauty Magazine, how to contour. No, listen, we have a beauty contributor who's <laughs> awesome. I love her. Her name is Jen. She's great. But I was laughing because I'm like, don't ask me. I'm not, I can barely put on makeup. Like, that's not my shtick. I know. I know plastic surgery because that's what I've been in for 20 years, but I don't, but I'm not. And that's why we wanted to get people in front of certain, I hate to word, use the word expert. It's not my, yeah. I'm not a fan of that word because, but the, somebody that has right. the, the subject matter expertise essentially. And so we have different people and then we, we interview plastic surgeons, you know, dentists, dermatologists, just a little bit of everything. Coaches. I'm a big fan of coaches, people yeah. out there, anything that has to do with wellness um, because yeah. Our mission is for women to define beauty on their own terms. Right. That's our mission. No one's going to tell us how it's defined. You define it for yourself. Right. We're just going to put the content out there for you. If you're not a fan of yoga, then don't do yoga. If you're not a fan of plastic surgery, don't do right. my, I, I think you guys talk about this too in your podcast, but in my book, I say, do you, boo? Yes. Do you? Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like we got to stop with this. Um, and I talk about this too, but like I call it American idolism. The, yeah. Because it's, that's my world. I remember 2000, early 2000s. 
you know, it was the first time we'd seen somebody come out, like, you know, that Simon Cowell, he comes out and he's just judging people and just like, hey, I was like, we've turned into that. Like this world yeah. is like, I mean, it's so judgmental. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody's voice. It's like, you know, bullying time 10. Yeah. And so the pressures have even come on even more with social media and stuff. So if our platform can pull some of that away and bring confidence and bring, you know, empowerment and all that, then that's, then yeah. we've done our piece, our little piece over in the world. Yeah. With your um, coaching and the, or whatever, like the different yeah. experts that you work with, I'm just curious because I feel like there's a lot of times women would seek out plastic surgery because they want to change something because they feel like that will make them feel better. Right. So they might mm-hmm. get something right. And they might be able to see a difference, but still like not feel right. Cause it didn't, it didn't fix that underlying issue. Well, um, like, so do you, uh, yes, hundred percent. So like those coaches, that yes. With that so or, we coach, we coach that I coach people through that. I'm not, I, my undergraduate is in social work. I'm not mm-hmm. a therapist. We do right. work with therapists. If, if it got to a point where I thought somebody should you know, maybe need to take next level. I can't tell somebody what to do. All I can do is guide them. Right. So that's what I do as a coach. But I, I ask the questions up front. I cannot tell you how many times I've had, you know, conversations like I would with my girlfriend and, you know, because it's not going to bring your man back, you know, it's not going to fix your underlying issues. And Mm -hmm. I think a a lot of people do go to plastic surgery for that. And so what are the, why are you doing this? You know, what are the, what's the reason you're here and what are you looking for? What's the end goal? What are you hoping to achieve? So it's a lot of um, deep dive on my end. And that's what I've found over the years. I think I feel very proud of being a coach that, and that's why I call that's why I kind of call the plastic surgery coach, because I really want to understand somebody's story and make sure right. that they know that to do this for themselves and that it's, you know, yes, aesthetically, it might do something that might make you make you look better and maybe feel better, but just make sure that you're doing, you're a hundred percent certain before you take that leap, because it's a really big deal. And I especially see it with younger girls. Again, social media has put so much, so much pressures on. We have an article coming up in one of the issues really kind of focused around breast augmentation and that type of thing, because things have changed over the years, like in the 20, people just didn't know there wasn't a lot of education. So people were just doing procedures. You really need to do your research and weigh the risk and reward. I'm not saying I'm against it because I, again, it's you do what's best for you, but don't go in being naive. And a lot of people react. They see that before and after photo. That's me. That's what I want. They don't know the doctor. They don't know the, you know, the long-term risk that could be involved. Like, do your research. And if you've done all of that and you weigh that, then you come back and if you're ready to do it, go for it and, you know, sit with what you've done and be happy with it. And hopefully it's a, it's a great outcome. And a lot of times it is, I've seen the other side that it hasn't. And that's why we, I talk about the good, bad, and ugly, because I want people to know it's not all roses, butterflies. There's a lot of, lot of behind the scenes stuff that goes on, but that's in any business. And if I can share my experiences, I've been in the operator operating room. I understand that plastic surgery is a business. Mm-hmm. It, people think it's medical. Well, yes, but it's it's also business. Right. You're not <laughs> so, there for fun. Nope. No. <laughs> and and I love that you talked about, you know, with your coaching that my coach MD is in the consultation. So I'm curious to know when you have that, you know, the the women that cancel or the patients that cancel. Do you think possibly even just through the consultation, you help shine some light on it? And maybe they're just like, yeah, you know, I realized I was doing this from a place, 
you know, of, of looking, I want to look at like my after picture and not really taking in that accountability of their intentions and their whys. And maybe possibly that individual's like, you know what? I never really considered that. And I think I have to work on my inner self. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I'm proud of that. And I, mm-hmm. what's interesting is, you know, especially working with corporate is that when you, because everything's looks at, you know, they look at conversion rates. How many people came in? How many people did, did schedule? Mine were always, and I don't say this to brag because there's a lot of things in the world I can't do, but this I can do well. My numbers were very high. And the reason why is because I really did take the time to get to know the person. I am not afraid to, to if somebody turned, you know, walked out and didn't move forward, I would be proud of that because if that was not right for them, because that's exactly, why I always yeah. said, I'm like, I'm a solution finder. Let's walk through, see if this is right for you. If it is great, if it isn't, that's okay. I always yeah. said my, my philosophy is serve the patient and the revenue follows. So if you're doing yeah. right by people, great. But there's right. so many people that, that were like, thank you. This isn't right for me. I'm not ready or whatever. And I'm, I was very proud of that, And which, you know, hey, I wrote a book about it because I was, I felt like I've done my job. I've put, I've invested 20 years of my career into this and I've done right by people and I can hold my head up high. I didn't worry about whether or not, hey, how many people did, how much money did you bring in for the business? The money was, the, the money came, but it was, it was because I sold ethically. Right. Um, and and I love that you mentioned that because, you know, when you prioritize the the client over the sales, you're doing more of a service for that individual than looking at it from a place of profit and sales and conversions. And we see so many other, you know, not even just in the, the industry that you're in, but we see this in, across the board. And it's just, it's, I think for me, like, it just doesn't rub you right because it's like, you're coming at a place of like a pain point to come to you. Like, Hey, I'm not feeling X, Y, and Z. And I want to look this way. And somebody else could be like, great, that's money. Let's close this deal. Oh, absolutely. Let's but you're not just like changing somebody's life. Like you're altering them. You're like, altering they're, 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 it's a really yeah. big, it's a really yes. big deal. And, and I see that even with, and there's places that I've been where I'm like, no, this isn't the right fit for me. I want a particular one I will mention, but you know, people, they're, they're invest. This is a altering their appearance. It's mm-hmm. some people's life savings. I mean, you people come term. in, they're like, I want to have this stuff. One of the kind of secrets of behind plastic surgery, which I talk about in the book, kind of unveil that people probably don't like me, but I don't care. You know, it's, it's, it's this capital equipment, these big equipments and, and these doctors purchase them. Sometimes they lease them, but they have to pay those off. So what, what treatments do you think that they're pushing? You know, <laughs> they got exactly. you know, something to pay. And so again, I'm not, it's, it's just a shine light on it for people. So not to say that the, the, that procedure is bad or, you know, it's more so just to say, understand that there's always going to be a sale. There's always going to be, you know, like that's the whole marketing shtick, right? Like, you know, 50% off. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's 50% off right now. I'm like, it's 50% off all the time. Okay. <laughs> yes. I'm like, you can use that coupon pretty much whenever you want. It's like, but people don't think that because maybe they're a little more attuned to it now, but they, I think in their mind, they're like, oh, well, it's, you know, this is the plastic surgery or the aesthetic field or whatever. And I'm like, okay, but again, it's business. Right. So don't, don't lose sight of the fact that it is, I call retail medicine. Yes. Well, and I'm actually curious to know, because I, we always ask our, our guests this because I want to know your personal story that got you into where you're at right now. Like you had to kind of, you know, share some of that stuff at the beginning, but like what really sparked you to say, this is where I want to be and where I'm going. And what were some of the, the challenges that you had faced in your own personal journey to get to where you're at? 
Yeah, great question. So I started my career, I would say kind of in this, started to get to the feel of this. And I talk about this in the book. So if anybody started, is in the weight loss industry. And I was so... I, I've struggled with my weight my whole life. I talk about it in my book. I said I could open a store called two to 12 because you never know what size I'm going to be. But I've expanded that size recently. Amen. <laughs> but, um, you know, and, and I'm very open about it. I'm like, I'm a very confident person, but hey, you know, I, I like to get my eat on too much. So I spent years in that industry and I was so fascinated because I, you know, I didn't study sales psychology. I didn't study like neuro-linguistic programming. I mean, I know all that stuff now after I've gotten, you know, in my career, I've read every book under the sun, but I didn't know. I just had a basic foundation. I think it was because I grew up, my father was a coach. I always was surrounded by kind of the attaboy positivity, like, you know, fall down, get back up. It was just, that's just the makeup of who I am. So I started in weight loss and I was counseling people and it was like, you know, they would come in, start the program, fall off the wagon, get them back on. You know, it was this constant, you know, yeah. back and forth yo-yoing. And I was always their cheerleader, right? I was cheerleading. And here I am in my early 20s. And they would come to me and be like, how are you selling all these programs? You know, and I'm like, well, one, I'm on the program with them because I'm struggling because I love to eat too. So I'm on it with them. But I'm just getting to know them. You know, I'm asking questions and talking to them. And I didn't know that these were sales techniques. I just knew I was really good at it. Well, back then they used to use baby monitors. We didn't have computers. We didn't have anything. They would put baby monitors in the room to listen to your wow. kids. And I would go, yeah, it's so crazy. I would look back and I'm like, I'm dating myself. But, you know, bit. they'd go in. And, yeah, I know, totally. <laughs> so they'd sell these, they'd put these like packages, you know, like these are the packages. One would be the meal plans and the this and that. And uh, you know, I would just go in and people would say to me, well, I think, you know, Michelle, maybe I'll sign up for this one, you know, the basic one. And I would say, well, why? If you're trying to, you just told me you want to lose, you know, 60 pounds, like that's not even getting you halfway to your goal. If you're going to do it, let's go all in, you know, let's do it. And so they'd be like, okay. So they would, the, the higher ups thought it was like, so funny. Like, how the, like, can you teach this to other people? And I'm like, um, I guess. So here I was in my, you know, 20 years old and I'm now I'm a regional trainer and then I'm moving up the ladder. I don't know what the heck I was doing. And so I found a job posting that said, make a six figure income. Now, again, I'm early twenties. I, you know, and it said, make a six figure income. And if you have experience in weight loss, fitness or plastic surgery. And I was like, well, I have weight loss experience. <laughs> so I went to the interview and they hired, they hired me on the spot. They're like, you're yes, done. And I was like, they're like, can you get on a plane? You're on a plane next week. And so I kind of tell the whole story in the book, but, um, I was so green. I knew nothing. They gave me like a week training. I knew nothing about plastic surgery. I come from upstate New York. Nobody has plastic surgery where I was from. Like, this is just like, what am I doing? But I knew people and I would go in. And so the first week on the job, the owner of the company called and wanted to know, like, I need to know more about you. And because I sold everybody that came in. So he said, what, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. I'm just using what I learned in weight loss. Like I'm kind of doing the same thing. There was no formal standardized training. So he asked me to create it. And I got promoted within the first like 30, 60 days. I was at the job and I started and he was expanding. When I started, they had nine locations and we ended up, I think when the company at its peak was at 40 some locations, it was a $250 million company. He asked me to, to lead the, the company and, you know, so I flew all over the country for, I was flying like 46 weeks out of the year. It was tough. So when you ask about the challenges, I was young. I was a workhorse. I played sports my whole life. I'm extremely competitive. I, I'm a 
one of those people that want to be the best and work hard. I worked, I worked to the grind to a fault, you know, not knowing that I was getting, and it was tough. You know, I, there wasn't a lot of women. It was, um, we, I had a couple, a couple great female mentors along the way, but it's still tough to be in the boardroom, to be in your twenties as a female. And it was a boys club and it got worse as the years went on. And, and it just, I'm pretty strong. I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty mentally strong person, but it got towards the end. It started to get a little shady. And um, I had to make the decision. Do I want to, cause I felt like the company was losing its um, what we did was at one point so great. We we're changing people's lives. And that's why I would, as a, as a leader, I was all in, I was like, we're changing people's lives. It's great. But it started to turn. And the focus, exactly what I said earlier, went from serving the patient to it was about money. And I didn't like it. It felt dirty. I didn't like it. And I didn't like the leadership. The people were do, not doing things that I that that I believed were, you know, at the standard of, of a company I wanted to represent. And so I made a really difficult decision to leave and then went on, went on to my own and kind of continued my career path. But it was, you know, I it was a great learning route. I always think the positive. At the end of the day, where there were some struggles, but I learned so much, I wouldn't change anything. And I had a chance to educate. I would go into the operating anytime I could learn. I have no medical background at all. I don't claim to. I don't tell people. I'm like, I stay at the front of the house. But I really immersed myself with the doctors. I was with doctors. And now it's so cool, you guys, because a lot of these doctors now, we're talking 20 years later, we're friends. And I'm like, you were right out of residency. Like, here we were, you know, and now they're like, you know, on magazines yeah, and they're yeah. doing stuff themselves. And um, one, one doctor, actually, I'll tell this quick story. She's uh, one of the women that's featured in our, our holiday issue. She had her facelift done by one of the doctors that's a friend of mine who we worked with again when he was just getting started. And now he's like, you know, one of the top doctors doing awesome. But it was just kind of cool to see because we all grew up together. You know, so many of us were yeah. young and I think the key, the takeaway, and I would tell anyone is to whatever you're going to do, put in hundred percent effort, make sure you feel good about doing it and learn yeah. as much as you can. And right. you know, that's, that's what I did. So that's kind of how that piece started. And then after the 20 years of I was kind of like, what's next, we went off on our own, created my coach MD so that I wanted to, I really wanted to make sure that we could educate, know before you go was our tagline. If I can educate people so that they don't waste. I can't tell you how many people have spent money on things that did not result in a positive outcome. And they're like, I wish I had known. Well, we're going to create a place where you can know. So that piece led into, let me share my story. And then during COVID, of course, it was kind of like, what do I want? You know, what's next? And then that led into, let's do the magazine. I will educate on my end by connecting with top female doctors and kind of all aesthetic, kind of what that falls into. And then let's expand it out through all beauty and wellness, anything that makes you feel good. And that's why you'll see in our magazine, it's not, I say we're not the not your typical magazine because it's not just, you're not going to just see, you know, cosmetic procedures. That's a very small piece of who we are. It's really, it's really much bigger about the stories. So what's everything that's in there? Like I'm thinking, like, I'm just trying to think of other magazines and I think like Cosmo and it's like, here's sex and here's dating. And no, and here's, no, and here's what's crazy. Okay. And I'm not, I'm on the fence about even talking about this on my, on my Instagram because we're still building it. But I, 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 yesterday was at the grocery store. I know I'm not kidding. I look over with my daughter and I'm, I look over and I see, it says lose 51 pounds in 30 days. Okay. Which first of all, that's disgusting. Like you will never, ever, ever 
see that on our cover and you're not going to see the word, you know, lose weight, not going to see it, not going to do it. Yeah, yeah. And then right next to it, this is the kicker, is a picture of the woman who's ever on the cover and it says holiday treats and it's got the cakes and the- Oh gosh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Yeah, we're talking about like- Two offices. Yeah, lose weight. But yeah, here's a picture of holiday cupcakes and treats. Here's all the things you can never have. And no wonder so many women are in that failure loop, right? Because they don't even know where they fit in. So there's like- just the, the marketing. A, oh I my think gosh. It's a mind after you guys. I think oh, you're doing it on purpose because I was like, you know, if I'm somebody struggling yes. and I look at that, I might be like, oh, wow, lose 50. First of all, who's like I can eat those like, treats was, and lose yes. 51 pounds. And I was right. actually angry and I, it took every ounce of me because I'm like, I know I have to play nice in the sandbox. One thing I, my business partners always say, they're like, you should have been in politics because you really, <laughs> you know, keep yourself in an even keel. But behind the scenes, like I would, I would like to call that magazine out. I was disgusted. I'm like, and this is exactly why we created this magazine because that's not the crap you're going to see. It's wrong and it perpetuates the wrong messaging. And I, I just, I was like, wow. So, you know, when we look at what's out there, I feel like we're very unique. I think we cater to everyday women. And when I say that, I don't mean that to lower, like I'm talking about just the everyday woman, like this is who we are. The people that are out there working and have raised children or grandchildren or whatever the case may be, um, we all want to look and feel our best. We can carry a nice handbag and we can wear a t-shirt from Walmart or Target. Like whatever, that's that's who we are. We don't cater to the affluent. That's not, you know, that's just not our demographic. And that's the that's where it comes down to the blue collar beauty because that was the people I was meeting with. And those are the people I'm comfortable with. I'm from up, small town, upstate New York. I've mingled with the rich and famous. I've been to the, some of that stuff. And I've also friends that people that are, you know, have not a dime in their pocket. And I've met with them and I just, I want to be able to give a platform for everyday people to, because mm-hmm. they, they purchase, they, they're the biggest, you know, yeah. bulk of consumers, but why doesn't anybody cater to them? It's the same thing with the plastic surgery industry. Why are you touting this? Because they think image sells, right? Then their belief, they believe. And I had a guy tell me this one time in my years at Life Still Lift, they said, you need to hire, I had at one point over 200 sales consultants that were under me. He said, you need to hire beauty, ex-beauty queens. And I said, no, I don't. I need to hire people that are, that are women that genuinely care about people. And I, I can coach them on what the process looks like. He was like, no, it's all image-based. I'm like, you're wrong. And I'm in charge of this department, not you. So as long as I'm in charge, we're going to hire the right person. I don't care. Maybe they are beauty queen, but they have to be able to connect and they have to have the skill set and all those things. But right. he, in his mind, he believed that that's what that's what's going to make people buy. And I disagree. And I think that was, again, part of the problem in aesthetics is you get these beautiful young girls working inside a practice. You wonder why people aren't showing up because they're intimidated. Right. You know, it's like, I want to talk to somebody that I'm comfortable with. Like, can she carry on a conversation? Great. Can she help me with my problem? Great. And plus crap, if she has hair extensions and lashes and lips and like, you know, whatever, good for her. Like, great. You you look great. I like, you know, so. Yeah. I think more people are starting to, as a consumer, notice that kind of stuff too. Because I think on Instagram, right, you see like, influencers and they have a product, right? And they're all perfect or whatever. And it's like, at first you might be like, wow, I should buy that product and I'll look like her. But I feel like now I look at it. I'm like, this girl has probably never used this product ever. I think, you know what I mean? I do think the veil is lifting. Yeah. I think that that we just continue to push that message because 
we do live in this filtered world and it's, you know, I get it. I mean, but at the same time, it's, it's gone to such an extreme right. and, and it's like some of the, even the posts, like, I don't, I've said that with like our, with building our Instagram, I was like, I don't want to just have a bunch of like perfectly I stock photos on her. Like, that's not, that's not us. Right. You know, we want it to be real. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that's important. So we, we try to create inside the magazine, you know, all, all different types of women with different backgrounds and different stories to share. Right. And I, I and like I love, that. and I love that. I mean, obviously this is why we're connecting as well. We all, we both stand for, you know, keeping it real raw and relatable because if you're, if you are that woman, like you said, would you want to come in and buy something from a woman you're totally intimidated by? Cause you're just like, Oh, well, wait, that's like, I, I, you know, never mind, cancel me out. But they and, do that a lot of times, Rachel, because then you end up buying stuff that you don't want. Right. And, and then, the and then it changes really who you are because it's like, you feel like, well, wait, I have to be swayed this way. But I think that like, you know, the work that you're doing, keeping, you know, helping these women to see themselves rooted in who they are, instead of trying to be somebody else, you know, under the knife or under the procedure or whatever that is, they're going to come out looking like somebody else. And they're like, but I don't feel that way inside. Right. And that's why we have, you know, we feature therapists as well. Like we said, it's about, you know, we want to encompass all of it because that is such an important piece. Like you might not mentally be in the place to have this done. Right. And I, I'm telling you, I've seen people prey on the vulnerable yes. on, in many ways. And it's disgusting. And if I can help one person, then I've, you know, I've done my job. And that's kind of, like I said, that's, I feel very passionate about it because I know what greatness that, that I've seen in the aesthetic industry. I mean, I share a story in my book about this. It's one of my favorite stories. And I still, I always get emotional. I tell just because it means so much to me, but I was in my early twenties when I first started and a woman came in and I went through the consultation with her. She was there for a facelift and kind of go through what it's going to look like and everything. She shared with me that her husband, they were married for 35 years. He left her. He cleaned out the bank accounts. He cleaned out the closets, the whole nine. She, they both of them, they had met early on in college. She, they decided she was going to stay at home. So she raised the children, two boys. They ended up moving away, moving to the West Coast. She barely talked to them anymore. Now she's left with nothing, right? She's got, her kids are gone. She never worked. So she was just feeling a certain way. So we went through everything. We talked about it and I was sensitive to where she was in a place, but she said, you know, I just, I don't even know where to start. And I just, I look in the mirror and I just, all I see is just this. So we went through the whole spiel and we got to the end and she said, um, I don't know, Michelle. And I said, well, tell me what you don't know. And I'm very much into like building that because I want to get to know people. I love people's stories. And she goes, I just don't know if it's worth it. And here I am in my twenties. And I said to her, I said, I, I'm just going to ask you this because we've sat here and talked and I feel like I have the right to someone to ask you it. You don't feel like it, the procedure's worth it or you don't feel like you're worth it. And she paused and she's like, let's do it. <laughs> so she ended up doing it. And I went along my way. I was doing stuff about, a, I, I was, I came back to the office. I don't know. It must've been, I don't know, four or five months later. And there was a letter for me and it, I opened it up and it was her. And she had said, words can never, never repay enough to what you've been, what you did for me because you pushed me out of my comfort zone and you did something that I wanted to do, but I was fearful. And she said, I'm working now as a, she was a receptionist, a real estate office. She met a man that his wife had passed away. So she was dating again. She's like, I feel so confident. She had a photo in there, like this whole story. And I just thought, wow, like I have the ability to, this isn't, I have the ability to help change somebody's life in a positive way. Like that is my driver. This is what I was born to do. <laughs> so 
is what I was like, I want to be able to do that. She really wanted it so bad, but she was just fearful. And we were able to break down the fears and talk about it. And, um, you know, I was like, Tony Robbins ain't got nothing. (laughs) But I I used to coach that to people. I'm like, you're, you can make a difference in someone's life, but you have to find their story. If you don't understand their why and make sure that they're doing everything for the right reasons and all of that. But once you do, it can be so life-changing. And just for her, she's like, my life is, I'm so happy. I'm living this life that I never expected. And just thank you for, and I was like, it just, it, it like put a dagger in my heart. Cause I was like, wow, you know, that's, that's the cool part about plastic surgery. And I have, I have hundreds of those stories, thousands or that's so many that are cool like that. Yeah. And you're changing lives from the inside out. And that, that's the transformation. That's the beauty of it. And so, you know, going back to the whole, you know, prioritizing the service over transaction is going to make you separate and, and, and put you to the top. And it's like, you might not be winning the long-term game, but you're winning every single time that you're, you're up to bat because you're putting that person and really building that relationship and connecting with them instead of just like, okay, here you go. Let's just get to the point. And yes. And I would tell anybody, card. I would tell anybody listening to that if they're in this, you know, industry, they're at whatever type of industry, don't worry, don't sell yourself out right. for listen, every, every higher up the ladder has metrics that they have to account for, right? Don't sell yourself out for that because they have pressures and they have pressures and they have pressures. It's all about, it is at the end of the day, it's about money, but don't sell yourself out. And if you get to a point where you feel like I'm not comfortable with this and maybe it's not the right path because you know, good places will respect that. But unfortunately there's, cause I always say, I'm like, Hey, they're, they're dealing with their own pressures. Don't let them make you do something you don't want to do because that's on them. You know, you never know. They could be fired two months later for something they did. But I do see so much of that in the corporate world where people are, are feeling so much pressure. They have to hit certain KPIs and everything. It's like, just do the right thing. And if you can walk out knowing that, that you did the right thing, then, then you're good. Yeah. Um, and that's just following your gut, following your intuition. And, and like you said, at the very beginning of this, you know, you're very authentic and, and, and that's what connects people. And that's what brings the relationships, you know, to, you know, fruition is just you being you. And I think that's really the message kind of, you know, of, of our podcast today is really you being you. And maybe sometimes you don't know who that person is, but it's like spending that time digging a little bit deep. And if you can't do it yourself, there's many people just like Michelle here, uh, myself and Aaron, we're all part of this, this big movement that we want to change lives from the inside out. So nowhere where you are on your journey, you're not alone. Never. So, you're not alone. Hey, we're here too, because I, I will pick up the phone and talk to anybody. Like I love, I love connecting. I love connecting. And again, that's what I just want the magazine. I'm so proud of this magazine and I want that to resonate. I know you know, there's only so many hours in a day. And I know like I get, they're like, you need to be on more and do this. And I'm like, well, I don't know how much more I can do. I'm also a mom and you know, I, I have priorities, but right. I, I just, I want people, I want people to fall in love with this magazine as much as we have, because we know it's coming from such an authentic place mm-hmm. and we're competing against, and I don't even say competing because I really don't, I don't care, but, but my, I'm saying most magazines are run by, you know, there's Meredith and Bauer, you know, there's the, like the big names. It's, we're us. It's self-funded. These are, you know, I'm grinding, I'm picking up the phone, I'm calling publicists, I'm talking to PR, I'm reaching out to people. So, you know, I'm doing all the work to find people that I believe that represent, you know, that are authentic and, and meet kind of the criteria and the standards that we're looking for. And I just want, I want everyone else to see it and feel it and fall in love with it as much as we have. 
Yes. And you guys have got to pick up a copy of not even just the first one, but the newest one that's coming out. And that is an, coming out October 25th. Oh my gosh. Right? It's so good. Yes. So, so how good. can people get their hands on this copy? Like how yes. can they get a hold of it? So we are offering, I mean, if the digital is free, we, we, we talked about, obviously at some point, we're probably going to move to like a subscription base. It will be very like low priced. And if you go to our website, which is askusbeautymagazine.com, which we're kind of getting built right now, it's, it's up. Um, it looks pretty good, but we'll get there, you know, baby steps, but you can purchase a print copy or you can read the free download. So, I mean, the download's free, the whole magazine's free. You can read it. We are building, we've got so many things in the works. Um, one of the things we're, we're shooting for for January is we're building a directory inside of our uh, website platform. So that'll be for doctors and coaches. So whether it's a cosmetic dentist, uh, plastic surgeon, dermatologist, and then any type of coach, like wellness coaches, could be a therapist, it could be, a, I don't know, a confidence coach, you know, whatever it is giving them so that our readers can go there and read a little bit more about them, their bio, you know, and then it'll have direct links to their site. So that'll be a paid, pretty, it's not an expensive, but um, it'll be like a paid um, directory membership site that people can go to. So that's being built out right now. Hopefully January is what we're looking for, but when the magazine's free, the content is free. We need eyes on it. You know, that's the biggest thing. And I think once people, everybody, the feedback's been so great. And that's what we're so proud of because we do. When you put a lot of work into something, we know it's great. I don't need somebody to tell me. I know it is. <laughs> I mean, I look at magazines out now and I'm like, they're, first of all, half of it's outsourced. I don't even know who's writing this stuff. Then you've got 40% are ads. It's just so you open it up. You're like, great. I got three stories, a couple products and most in Reynolds Wrap and Tyson Chicken ads. I mean, that's basically what you're, yeah. We're looking at that. And we're being very thoughtful about who we put in there and the stories and really providing a lot of, we're very content heavy, which is what we wanted to do. We want people to get their money's worth. My dream, and I'm putting it out in the inverse, is I would love to be in airports. I This is a perfect, like this magazine, I know the readers can't say because we're on the phone, but you guys can see us, we're zooming. But it's like, it's such a perfect read for on an airplane or a weekend read because there's so much content in there. Um, but yeah, I would love to see it in the airports, but we'll get, we'll get there. Baby steps. So people we'll, can buy print copies. Absolutely. You can buy print. It's a little more pricey, but it's 125, you know, 125, 130 page magazine. It's quarterly. Um, we did like thicker paper. It's a little wider. Inter- it's just, it's a, it's a much, it's just a high quality. It's not, you know how some magazines you pick them up. It's like a newspaper. We wanted yeah. to put something in that's, you know, that's, that's more a quality piece. So I almost think it's like a book. In my opinion, it looks like a book. So those who can't see it, it's it it looks beautiful. Like it really does, and it looks high quality. We stare at it all the time. Like yeah, we always it, it's like, stare. Oh and I, I, <laughs> I mean, I knew what you were saying when you said it's like your labor of love. I mean, when you produce something and you put it into print, and this is something like your gift to the world to know that you are providing such value and content in there. And it's just you know, you guys pick up a copy. Just do yourself a favor because it's been incredible. Just watching your journey and being a part of it ourselves. Like, I mean, those who don't know the confident woman podcast was featured in this, like this was yes. incredible. I'm and so excited. Yeah. So and to be, has to be really really damn good. Yes. And they're changing lives. guys. They're changing lives. They were in times square. Like they are doing some big, incredible things. So, you know, just 
do yourselves a favor, pick up a copy, support it, follow them. And you know, just how can they follow you yeah, on just what's your favorite platform? I tell everyone, I tell everyone, I'm like, just click because it's free. All you have to do and people, cause we yes. laugh when we put it out, we're like, are people scared of like, cause it says free download. I'm like, people don't want to download anymore, but I'm like, all it is is a click. It's, you know, you just click on it and that's, and it'll be out. So Monday, the 25th will be the second issue. But as your listeners are on there, I would just say just reading the magazine makes a difference for us. Even if you don't, I mean, yeah, we'd love for you to get a print copy, but just taking the time to read it and then sharing it with your friends. Because like all women, it was funny. I Somebody I met with recently, they're like, every woman should be, you know, have a copy of this magazine. And I was like, thank you. Yes, we agree. <laughs> but it really is. There's something for everyone. And I can tell you, and I, again, you tell me stop talking. You know, I told you, I already told you, I'm a Jimmy Joe. But there's so many great pieces. So a couple of the staple pieces just for your listeners. So we have um, our first, our bookends of the magazine will always start with We Salute You. We will always recognize women who serve first responders. Like that's something very important to us to start the magazine. The back of the magazine, we have um, Timeless Beauty and that's for recognizing women over 70. So those are kind of our, our bookends that we created. They're important pieces. And then we also have um, a piece that is called Small Town Big Heart. And that is a love letter to my hometown, especially, which is we started with my hometown recognizing small towns around and women around small towns throughout, you know, the country and being able to kind of share what's special about them. And share, cause we don't see that a lot, you know, you don't see that in regular magazines. We really wanted to feature women and kind of talk about where they're from. And, and then obviously always ties back into kind of beauty and wellness, but, yeah. um, and then we have our aesthetic leaders and some of those pieces, but yeah, those, those are the pieces to I me love that, it. that, I think separate us from kind of some of the other stuff. And then we have the, you know, we have the, some beauty products and things like that, but right. you'll notice it's, it's much more about stories and connection. I would much rather read that than anything about Angelina Jolie ever again. Isn't that so, and that's the thing, so our number one red article was small town, big heart. And I was like, thank you. Because <laughs> I, because I, I feel like that's, Again, I, I say, you know, I know Rachel, you say you're from Buffalo. Like, I, you know, I get it. Like, yeah, that's who we're catering to. We're right. This is, and this was the, my book was based on that. That's why I called it blue collar beauty. I'm not, the, you know, I'm not in the factories, although I did work in a factory when I was in college. <laughs> um, it, it's a bigger piece of, that, of just, like I said, even with celebrities, because we interview celebrities, that's important. Listen, mass media is important. You, you got to have some mass appeal. We are very particular of who we select. Right. Um, I was sharing this with you guys earlier. Um, Josie Bissett was on our cover. Who's a, for, if you don't know, she's a TV actress. She's on one of my favorite shows, Melrose Place, which I, in my article, I talk about, you know, my college days of, you know, sitting around. I thought I was Jane from Melrose. I cut my hair. It was like blonde and short. Like I thought I was her. Um, so <laughs> to interview her was like, you know, super cool, but yeah. she's so down to earth and she's so like, she's so cool that we became friends with the process. She's now an ongoing contributor in the magazine. She's, she'll have an ongoing um, article. And I loved that. And then our cover lady, who I won't, um, it's a big surprise, but just another awesome, well-known, you know, she's a well-known personality, but she's um, just super down to earth, mom, cool as all hell. And I can't wait for, for those, you know, to put those stories out. So I don't think we'll ever be the magazine that has Angelina Jolie. Although I will say this, everybody has a story. And if yeah. people want to be real, I don't want to put, I don't want fluff. Right. You know, I want to get to know 
who you are as a person and what makes you tick and the good and the bad. We can't be afraid to put ourselves out, you know, right. not perfectly. <laughs> but right. that's, that's the image that like, you know, Hollywood and everybody puts out, but we all know everybody's got their own stuff. Um, and we're right. okay to hear it. It makes you more relatable. And we, yep. we want to, but yeah, I don't know if she'll be on. Hey, Angelina, if you're listening. <laughs> She always listens to our podcast. Yes, yeah, she, well, I've heard that. That's why I was on. Because I was like, yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Um, I just want to thank you so much for just, you know, sharing all this stuff and just you're making the difference. You're making the impact and you're you're doing exactly what you said, you know, at the beginning. You're living your true authentic self and, and it's showing and it's, you know, paying off for what you're doing, making a difference in the world. And, you know, whether you get one, one client to one reader to one, you know, one of everything, right? So those listening, you don't have to have this big overnight success. It's just staying true to who you are and taking, you know, one step at a time and serving, right? There's a big message in this entire podcast, be of service to one and the rest will, you know, you pave that way and the rest will follow. It'll follow. follow. It'll follow. It might not be on the timeline that we all have. I mean, patience isn't always my strongest suit, but at the same time, (laughs) I know that it's, Always comes through hard work. And it's, you know, I said, it's like, whether you're working out with the trainers, you know, say they like, Hey, I want to see results. Well, that takes time. And it's this thing here. We, we know going in, this isn't, even though we're a new magazine, I have no magazine experience. I say that, but I've been, I've been training my whole life for this. I'm a storyteller. I'm a connector. And that's what this magazine is all about. Well, we love, love it. it. And so thanks again for being our guest. Thank and you. Listeners, we're putting all the links and everything needed to just get your hands on the copy and follow Michelle and ask us beauty and all the good stuff. So make sure you check out the show notes. Thanks again, Michelle. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Confident Woman podcast. For more ways to connect with us, check out our Facebook group. It's the Confident Woman on Facebook. There's a ton of amazing ladies in that group that you can connect with as well. My Instagram is at Aaron underscore travels for life. Make sure you go ahead and follow that and follow Rachel as well. What is yours, Rachel? You can follow me on all social medias at I am Rachel Brooks. Awesome. Thanks so much. Look forward to checking you next week.